Hello, welcome to the Pretty Intense Podcast. Today was a real treat. Um, super grateful for this interview with Michael A. Singer. He wrote a book that you may have heard of. It is my favorite book that I recommend to everybody called The Untethered Soul. He also wrote a book called The Surrender Experiment, and his newest is called Living Untethered. He also mastered in economics uh, and was an extremely successful businessman. He now has a yoga and meditation center called Temple of the Universe. And Michael was just such a delight. Sometimes you interview people and you're just, you, you're so excited and it is so hard for people to top your excitement level sometimes when you've read their books and you know who they are and you followed them. And he did. He really did. He was such a delightful human. So humble, practical, deep, sweet, and um, just so wise. I mean, his advice, sometimes it feels so simple and thank God it's simple. Um, because those are the things that we need to practice. It doesn't mean they're easy um, to get beyond yourself and practice these things, but they're absolutely simple. And um, today he explains all of those ways of getting beyond ourselves, of being able to access the observer, of being able to process the mess and the junk that we push down, why we push it down, how to let it flow through us, and essentially how to live a happier life, how to not be, how to not take things personally, how to not be triggered. Like, can you imagine living a life where those things didn't happen anymore? And it's possible. It's possible with these practices. And, um, and so then, of course, we talked about what's the final destination? What does it look like when you finally get to where you're supposed to go? And it, it does that even exist? So it's just a really beautiful conversation and um, highly recommend getting all of his books and reading them. In the meantime, enjoy this deep dive conversation with Michael A. Singer, wonderful human being. Uh, please hit subscribe, hit the bell for notifications. Let me know what you think in the comments. I can't wait to read them and, and hear uh, what resonated with you. Please enjoy this conversation. Oh my gosh. When you said, when I said, how are you doing? You said ecstatic. I'm like, you live your work. Like yes, your answer was ecstatic. How do you achieve ecstatic? I taught you in the book. <laughs> I know. I know. It's if there is one book that I recommend to people, the number one book that I recommend to people is The Untethered Soul. That is the one. They're like, if there was one that would help me the most, what would it be? And I'm like, this one, just being able to get beyond yourself to have the observer, which is really like, feels like the pause for me just to be able to like, take a second and not be in it, but be above it and watch it and be able to slow down and recognize what's really going on. So like the title, the, the, you know, it's a journey beyond yourself. So what, what would you describe as the self? Well, everybody's conscious. They don't pay attention to it, but if they weren't conscious, they wouldn't know anything, right? So right. Pe people say, oh, my thoughts are driving me crazy. I always say, how do you know? And they look <laughs> at me like, like I'm weird, right? No, seriously, how do you know that your heart hurts? How do you know that your thoughts are driving you crazy? And eventually they'll look at me and yell at me very angry because I'm in here and I see it. And I'll pranam to them and say, well, that's very deep. You're obviously in there. You obviously are aware that there are thoughts in there. You just don't step back and notice that someone's noticing. But someone's always noticing, and you wouldn't know what's happening. All right? And that is how I define the self. It is the conscious observer 
that is aware there are thoughts. It's aware that there are emotions. Certainly aware of that, isn't it? right? Now you say mm-hmm. to me, well, when he did this, I felt so much love, but then he slurped his soup. I couldn't handle it. How do you know? How do you know that's going on in there? Because I'm conscious, the same way you know you're looking at me, because you're a conscious mm-hmm. being. That mm-hmm. consciousness is who you are. That never changes. You're always mm-hmm. conscious. You're just conscious of different things, different mm-hmm. kinds of thoughts, different kinds of emotions, different things outside. It's always the same consciousness. So that's pretty far out, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I want to take it even further out. So is that consciousness an overlay for the whole thing, for what you are on a fundamental level? Meaning, are is that consciousness existing? And I'm presuming, is that consciousness what exists in all the different dimensions, all the timelines that you exist in, in all potential realities? You're going mystical on me. Like Basically, we start this way. Bit. When you were 10 years old, did you ever yeah. look in the mirror? Yeah. Okay. You didn't look like you look now. Okay. No. <laughs> you look small. You look different. But wasn't it you looking? It's it's you. Like yeah. that consciousness is there all the time. It's just aware of different egos. It's aware of different likes and dislikes and personalities. But you were there. You were there the whole time. Right. right. So we start there. Is that that is what they call the soul? That's what they call the Atman. They get all these weird names. I don't like oh, the self. Okay. I like to mm-hmm. just say you, you in there. Hi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and now now the question becomes what's what you ask, which I don't normally go there, but what's the relationship between your consciousness and my consciousness? Mm-hmm. Well, consciousness, that's like saying if I stand on one side of the ocean and you stand on the other side, we're looking at the same ocean. Okay. Mm-hmm. Consciousness is a is an entity, is an a nat- has a nature, which is awareness. Mm-hmm. And your awareness is aware of different things than mine, but awareness mm-hmm. is awareness. And that's where you are going. Aware- awareness is all the same. Every you know, it's the most magical thing in the whole universe, awareness, right? You can say all these things are neat, but if no one's aware of them, they mean nothing. Okay. Do we so, share? Do we share part of that awareness together? Is that share- the Lack of, is that when you when you when you get past separateness, then yes. do we share that awareness together? It, 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 there is an ocean. There, there is a universe of undifferentiated awareness that is looking down through your eyes, through my eyes, through her, through every single. That's the oneness. Mm. Yeah, that, that's that's when it, it wouldn't it be nice? John Lennon, imagine all the people understanding that there's a commonality amongst all of us. We're all aware and we're aware of different things. Is this separateness innate to our human experience or is that something that we're meant to transcend? Well, you're deep. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I thought we were talking about race car driving. um... (laughs) Well, you know, my agent described me the most accurate way possible that I didn't even realize. And this is, this is another conversation, another question we could get into, but people show us who we are. It's hard to see us, but he would say, he would describe me to sponsors, to companies to give me money and promote their products. And he would say, racing is what she, what she does, but it's not who she is. Well, that that's everything I teach, right? You yeah. go even deeper. You're not even your personality, right? <laughs> not your preferences. You're the one that's aware of those. Don't you change your mind sometimes? Of course. But it's still you. Yeah, it's the exactly. Same you in there that oh maybe this maybe that no yeah 
that there's one consciousness being aware of all of that. So basically, to me, what I've learned is that the most meaningful life is to grow. What does that mean? To notice that there's stuff going on inside of you that's not so much fun for you or anybody else, okay? Can you raise above that? Can you change? Not, not ch I don't like to change that, but change your seat of awareness. So I can look at this part of me that, you know, just silly, okay? I don't want, I don't want to give that up, all right? But if I suppress it, then it really becomes part of my personality. So you don't suppress things. Well, if I express it to let it out, then I'm dumping on somebody. You know, I don't like what you said to me. Don't you talk to me like that. <laughs> okay, I get that. Well, what if I step back and say, I'm aware that this is upset in here. I'm aware that this inner thing where I live, my house, mm -hmm. is it's got a little tornado going on there. All right, can I just relax and step back and be aware? I'm not denying that it's happening, but it's not me. I'm always looking at it. And something very magical mm -hmm. happens if you do that enough. It releases the energy to go to a higher level. Like we hold, you know, if you get upset, but you don't want to, the best mm -hmm. you can do is push it down, mm -hmm. right? We have that tendency with hands inside, don't we? Right? We have hands inside that, no, push that aside, all right, which is a form of suppression. Mm -hmm. You can instead learn, but it takes time, but you learn to relax in the face of all that. And what you'll find is it's all just energy being disturbed. And if you give it room, it will go up instead of down or out. It will go up. It's called transmutation. The energy transmutes. Mm. And it could start as anger, but it comes up as love. It finishes. When it finishes passing through, instead of hitting you and your will in there, then it shoots out. It actually has the ability to go up. And if you do that enough times, you're ecstatic. You become ecstatic. Literally, the energy goes up all the time, not just when things are the way you want them to be. You just relax, and the energy feeds you from inside. And there's this, this river, if you will, of a mm -hmm. flow of really beautiful energy that feeds you day and night. Mm -hmm. And that is the purpose of our lives, is to mm -hmm. evolve. We've already evolved. You know, we don't have tails, and we got two arms and two legs and fingers and opposing thumbs. We've evolved pretty good outside, right? <laughs> good girl. <laughs> we've evolved pretty good outside, but what about inside? Yeah. We can't handle anything. We're supposed to be the highest species on the planet, which is called adaptability, right? But we're not very adaptable inside, are we? Right? We're really serious we're about pattern-making like. machines. That's right. What we like and what we don't like, and we're serious about that. And you better behave the way I want you to, or I'll, you know, you'll pay for it. As opposed to, it's just a something that came in, something that you said, or something that I thought you said, and I don't have to be like that. I can relax, and then I can come with clarity. And deal with the situation from a higher place. Mm -hmm. And that to me is the purpose of life, is to evolve inwardly. Are we here to experience the separateness as part of being human, or are we meant to transcend it? It's that we're meant to witness it and not let it become a part of us. Everything is a part of you. And I'm sure you've seen that. Okay. Especially as you've grown through the years, right? Uh -huh. There's all kinds sure. of stuff yeah. in there. Yeah right? There's all mm -hmm. kinds of stuff in there. What do we want to feed and pay attention to and build, okay, mm -hmm. as we're growing? So the first thing you do is you look at your person. Well, the first thing you do is you look at your body. Am I eating reasonably? You've already mm -hmm. done all that, okay? You go through that basics. If I'm eating food that's making me sick, it's silly, okay? I better be strong enough to be able to rise above the tendency 
to you know eat junk and to smoke and to drink too much and et cetera, et cetera, right? If we don't do that, it defines our life. Yeah. You understand mm-hmm. that? The body yeah. will then define our life, the illnesses and, and discomforts of the body. Okay, so let's say, but notice it took will and it took the willingness to rise above the tendencies yeah. that the, the habits that the body has formed. Okay, mm-hmm. so the question you said is even with dealing with your body, which, you know, most of us have done pretty good with that at this point, all right? And you wouldn't be where you are in life if you hadn't, all right? So basically, you rise, they use the word rise above it. You rise above these primal tendencies to, to eat and lust and just go crazy over, you know, basic biological things, all right? Mm-hmm. And so you rise above that, but then you have this ego inside that develops patterns of what it likes and what it doesn't like and who it likes and who it doesn't like and how you're going to treat me, how you're not going to treat me. And I don't want to get, I don't want to get old. I don't want to look old. I, I, I love when people do that. Or I don't, I don't want to look old. I, I want to look like I look now. What was your best years? 23. Then when they ask you to go to a conference, that's the picture you send out there, even though you're 80. All right. Here I <laughs> All right? And so you develop this ego inside a self-concept uh-huh. that uh-huh. says, this is who I am. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you can rise above that. And how mm. you don't deny it, you, you don't suppress it, you don't dislike it. You just say, Where's that going to take me? Like some people say, I don't want to die. Mm. Well, I'm sorry. Every single thing that was ever born died. It's a one to one correlation. It's amazing, Tanaka. All right. Somebody did a statistical study, it was a hundred percent of everything <laughs> that was born died. So to say, I don't want to die, what a ridiculous thing to do with your life. Well, that's, that's like a saying, disappointment. Oh, well. You'll, you'll be uptight all the time. You'll make yourself sick, just like the body things. If you don't take care of them, if you don't take, take care of yourself psychologically, inwardly, what I call your inner being, you're going to make yourself sick. And then you'll have to go out and compensate for that by doing things that make you feel better. I was, everybody says, I need this in a relationship. I need this. I need money. I need things. I need a vacation. Or what? I'm not okay. All yeah. those things are saying, Outside I'm not okay with myself. I'm not okay inside. I'm not whole. I'm not complete. All right. And so basically, I need to get things outside to compensate for what's wrong inside. Mm-hmm. What spirituality says, and what I've learned over 50 years of doing this, this thing is, why are you not okay inside? You've learned how to have your body be okay, reasonably, not always, but reasonably, right? Why is it not reasonably okay inside to where you feel love all the time? Sure, you can share it with somebody, but wouldn't that be nicer not to need them to be a certain way for you to feel oh, love, yeah. but for you to feel love and you share it. You share it. I, I'm Far more consistent. It's, it's it's cleaner, all right, yeah. for both for them and you, right? It's and true. So you realize, it's true. And, and you realize that's true of everything. So there's a, there's a state inside of ourselves where we have risen above. We talk about primal biological. Well, there's primal or basic psychological okay i need things i'm not okay i feel insecure i need to prove myself i need to be treated a certain way i I just over and over and over you've built this self-concept of how things how i need to be how things need to be for me to be okay how's that that's right Right? hasn't everyone done that how do things we all we all do i mean we all do at times or all the time okay well since there's only one world out there and every one of us has a different idea how it should be. I wonder <laughs> whether so many wars and divorces and everything else. That's why, right? It's, it's inevitable. Okay. And so you get to the point where you realize I can do better than this. Just like you can do better than smoking or hurting your body, but, but yeah. not taking care of it. I can take care of the inside better than compensating and expecting the world 
to make me be okay when I'm not okay. And in fact, not only am I not okay, I'm making myself not okay. I don't know how anybody can love me. I, I've never really felt that real and I don't trust and so on. I hope somebody finds up that can find shows up that can overcome that. You're in there telling yourself you're not worthy of love. You made all your mistakes in your life and so on. Oh, I wonder what my soulmate is. What, how you define your soulmate? Somehow the person that when they show up in my life, overcome everything I did to screw myself up. When I visited Egypt, I was introduced to an expert aromacologist who explained the healing powers of various scents. I returned home with 18 bottles of powerful essences that unlocked specific feelings and had all sorts of healing properties. I became inspired to find a functional way to deliver them in a new consumer lifestyle product. Candles became my medium. Voyant means seer, a reference to the inner eye chakra, one of the key energy points in the body essential to wellness and healing. Voyant is a doorway to openness and imagination, a catalyst in our daily journey. Whether you're connecting with others or enjoying alone time, Voyant strives to beautify the home and the soul, to create a haven of peace and joy. The candle is delivered with a beautiful monogram 12-ounce stemless wine glass, which can be used after the wax is gone. My limited edition candle collection is available exclusively at voyantbydanica.com. Can you relate to that? Do you understand that? Of course, yeah. Relationships okay. bring it up the most. Okay. And what what I call it spirituality, but, but that the evolutionary, the real evolution is, why can't I? be whole and complete within myself. All right, can I be? There's the first thing. And what sure. you're going to find out if you work on yourself is the only reason you're not is because your consciousness is looking at garbage. It's looking at insecurity. It's looking at jealousy. It's looking at need. It's looking at preference. It's looking at desire. It's looking at fear, isn't it? Because mm. that, that's what it sees in there. So therefore, you think you are fear and you are insecure. And you, No, you're not. You're the consciousness mm. that's aware of these things. Well, what would happen if you paid more attention to your consciousness, your awareness of being? And that's what the great ones have found. You happen to be ecstatic. You happen to be the most beautiful thing in the whole world. You happen to be what the Bible means when it says man was created in the image of God. Okay? That there is this beautiful being who's you, your real self, looking at garbage. Not always garbage. Okay? <laughs> it can be nice. Right? But it's very conditional, isn't it? Hey, but, man, there's a lot of garbage in there. I give you that. And, and it's conditional. I'm okay. People say to yeah. me, but I'm okay. You're okay as long as the wife's okay, as long when? as the kids are okay, as long as the kid goes to Harvard, as long as you get A's, as long as you get your raise, as long as you have the corner, corner thing, as long as you have your Ferrari, mm -hmm. whatever mm -hmm. it is, what if those mm -hmm. things were taken away? And they look at me and say, why did you say that? Why would you think of that? <laughs> right? It's conditional. Right. Your state of being is conditional upon the outside being a certain way. And of course, it's it's not always that way. It's very rarely you have to work you have to work hard to make it that way. Right. What that? what is it that gives us that belief system that if we get this when this happens, what is the mechanism? Where does that begin for us? Where we associate uh -huh. with the ifs and whens instead of the yep. higher consciousness that is light is positive energy. Uh huh. There was a, a, a social psychologist, and I'm not a psychologist. I never even took a psychology course. So let's get that down straight. I was an economics major. <laughs> so very successful, very successful businessman. <laughs> that's right. 
So D.F. Skinner, you may have heard of him, or I was a social psychologist, and he made a statement that mostly true, but I always qualify it. He said, man is the sum of his learned experiences. Okay? That's pretty true. Okay? Like if you like somebody and you're feeling love for them and a friend comes up and tells you, that, you better go talk to Barbara. Look what happened to her when she dated him. Instantaneously, you feel differently. You're the sum of your learned experiences. If your friend then says, oh, you see, it's April Fool first day. I was just kidding you. Then it goes, <laughs> right? So we are programmed by our outer experiences. All right? So a child who's watching TV and they see a truck that he says, this truck will make you happy. They go to the parent, I want the truck, I want the truck. Okay? And guess what? If they get the truck for a very short period of time, they're happy. Okay? Because they told themselves this is what I need in order to be okay. So instead of asking, why am I not okay? Why am I not okay? You're asking, what do I need to be okay? That's the major difference of mm. whether you're growing inwardly or you're attached to struggling externally. Is you think I can only be okay if I get the things that I got before or similar, extrapolate, right? Things that made me I had a relationship in eighth grade and it was so beautiful, and she was redheaded. Okay, my, my wife, no, no, it's not true. All right. <laughs> <laughs> she was redheaded, and she left. You know, her parents moved, right? And it was never a bad experience in that relationship. It was just the most perfect relationship you've ever had, right? You understand now, if I'm grown up and I, I, I go on a, a date and she's redhead, she redheaded, I have a potent, propensity toward being open. You just ask the question, why do we think we need these things? All right, because we're not okay inside, and we've had experiences. Either you read a book, it'll tell you you need that to be okay. You watch a movie, meet somebody, you can have a thought. If I had a Tesla, okay, <laughs> it used to be a Ferrari, now it's a Tesla. All right, I, I, man, everyone would be proud of me, and I, I feel like I'm helping the ecology. And so all of a sudden, I'm not okay unless I get a Tesla. And mm. if I get a Tesla, oh my God, for a while, how am I doing? Wonderful. So that's how you develop your preferences is through programming. You get programmed by your past experiences. Do you think the more you get what you think will make you happy? Do you think the more you get those things, actually it programs you to be less happy? Because yeah. on the other side of it is essentially not the answer. The answer is an inside job beyond the thing that you think you should be getting to make you happy. Is that part of like i'm just thinking about super successful wealthy people that have children and they probably get tons of things that they want and if we're just sort of like being broad based they tend to be unhappy or they don't have they're not as they're not as fulfilled is that pointing in the direction of don't always fulfill those desires that you think will make you happy well first of all as an economist there's a law of diminishing returns. I learned <laughs> that in economics, but I learned it more of being spiritual, okay? Uh. The more you get something, the less you want it, period. And that includes relationships. You start getting used to each other. You start what used to turn you on, right? I need something new. I went, right or wrong? I mean, I don't want to yeah. ask you, okay? <laughs> Plead the fifth. So basically, <laughs> there is a law of diminishing returns. Now, you may stay together for the kids, but that's not the same as the honeymoon phase that right. took place, okay? That right. first kiss somehow is a magic to it. The 6,000th, all right, 
somehow it doesn't do the same thing, right? right. So you start waking up and realizing it doesn't work. It works short term to say, I want something and then get it. That absolutely brings you, it opens you. That's the key, open. I open because I went to Hawaii. I open because I got this car. I open because of this. I open because he said he loved me. Oh my God, right? What you felt was inside of you by opening. But I closed when he said, yeah, but I'm not ready to get married for five years and you got to wait, okay? <laughs> that, well, that's opening and closing. You're doing that inside yourself. And so ultimately you get down to the point where you realize either I'm going to spend my life trying to have experiences that open me so that I can feel good, feel high, feel love, or I'm going to find out why I close. Imagine oh. if open all the time. And you say, okay. well, I can't. I can't because it's not the way I want. Well, what if you worked with that? What if you learned to raise yourself? To I, People sometimes say to me, Mickey, you say we shouldn't have preferences. That's impossible. No, you can have, I'll give you one preference that you're absolutely allowed to have, Danica. I prefer oh. that everything be the way it is. I get That's one. That's your preference. I prefer that everything be the way it is. I oh. prefer that the experience I'm having is the experience I'm having. That's my base. That's like a baseline belief for people. If you, right. I'm, I'm saying if you were to say that inside yourself, you would have to walk the face of the earth because you just said, However, it is and how I want it to be. Oh, so everything's great. Everything you're always ecstatic. Everything's always. perfect. It's always perfect. And so you sit there and say, "But, but I don't feel that way." That's lying to myself. No, you've been programmed to not like someone who slurps soup. You could have been programmed that your uncle George slurps soup and he was wonderful and you loved him to pieces. And now you're going on a date and somebody slurps soup. He said, "Oh my God, he slurps soup," and your heart melts. You understand that? There's nothing mm -hmm. intrinsic about the action. It's right. your preference system that you right. got programmed with inside. Right. And so you eventually catch on. Wouldn't I be better off? Here, I know someone that read literally redid the cabinets in their kitchen six, uh, that's exaggerated, three to four times. Wow. They were not exactly the color of what she expected them to be, right? And they kept changing them, right? Wouldn't it be nicer to say, you know what? That's not what I thought it would be, but I like it better. Right. What if you always said that? Wow. I mean, <laughs> right? that's a transformation. So that's what do we do? How do we bypass or how do we get beyond this reptilian, primitive, protective brain of keeping things the same and wanting to repeat these patterns? How do we, how do we, I know one of the big things is, is, is letting things go when they come in. It's it's allowing it to flow through you instead of get stuck in you because then That's it right. becomes part of your patterning. So what is, guide us through how we do that. How do people not piss me off? No, I don't, you read The Untethered Soul. Yes. Did you ever see my new book? Just I have not read Living Untethered, no. Living Untethered, because you just said it, okay? You, you, maybe you don't need to read it, because you just <laughs> oh, said sure it. I'm sure I do. That, okay, that is exactly correct. You first start with saying, this is not about renunciation. It's not about not doing things. It's not about not being happy. It's not about giving up the world, all right? It's just like it's not about giving up food. If you eat what makes you healthy instead of what makes you sick. You didn't give up food. You didn't renounce, right? Okay. You just okay. did better. You intelligently right. made decisions that made yeah. you grow. 
It's the same thing inside. You sit there and say, like, for example, and, and it's funny, I use the example all the time. Don't, don't accuse me of doing it just because you're here. You're driving down the road on a single line, lane highway, right? And you're in a rush, always. And there's a person in front of you driving 10 miles an hour below the speed limit. How are you doing? Oh, okay. my God, I'm anxious. Okay. okay. And judging. Fine. And judging. <laughs> well, of course, you're driving yourself crazy. <laughs> right? Your mind is going well, crazy. Well, crazy to you, but totally, totally in control for me. Okay. That's okay. So when you're pulling out to see if you can pass, I mean, you're, you're not comfortable. Right. You understand that? You're not comfortable. Right. Right? right. But the reality of the fact is it's not helping. If you're stuck behind this car driving 10 miles an hour, all you've done is make yourself neurotic. It did not change anything. The cost benefit analysis as a business person, the cost is hundred percent, the benefit is zero to make yourself uptight about that. Or, okay, we'll start with that one. So what do you do? You consciously look and say, this is a part of my being. It's there. I have this anxiety and, you know, et cetera, and judgment and neurosis. <laughs> okay. And basically I would like to learn to work with it, not to suppress it, not to deny it right? To work with it because it doesn't make sense. It's just like eating junk food. It makes you sick. This is eating junk thoughts and junk emotions when mm. there's nothing to do about it. You'll wait. He'll, me, he'll, two blocks later, he turns to the right and then you drive. It was worth that. It was worth that. <laughs> you ruined your day. Okay. And that's what I call in the new book. I call that low hanging fruit. Mm. Low hanging fruit is that which is as follows, right? The moment in front of you is not bothering you. You're bothering yourself about the moment in front of you. Facts. And you relate to that. Okay. Yes. And if you're doing it and there's no benefit, no benefit, it's not going to change anything. Then you need to learn to not do that because that's not rational. You're just making yourself sick. Well, how do you learn not to do it? You, you make a game out of it, like a video game. Oh, okay. You look at it and you sit there and say, okay, look at this thing. Relax. What? Relax. Now, some people, when I say that, think you're trying to make your neurosis or your anxiety relax. No, anxiety doesn't know how to relax. <laughs> anxiety <laughs> is anxious. You understand that? It's his nature, yep. right? It's yep. all jumpy and stuff like that, yep. right? But you who's noticing it, you who has the hands in there, you can relax. You can sit there and say, okay, fine. Just relax and lean away from the noise. Just go to that place. Okay, that zone, it's like a zone, right? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Athletes talk about being in the zone, yep. right? There's a zone inside. If you relax behind that noise, yeah. there's a peace back there. There's a, there's a quiet. That would mm -hmm. be a big spiritual experience, but it's a heck of a lot nicer than hanging out with anxiety. Yeah, it's the okay? observer. It's what it feels and like. You're the observer and you relax. Yeah. And if you do that over time, not immediately, but over time, you will find that that which was making you anxious the neurosis downstairs, oh my God, my boss is going to be mad. I told him I'd be there, I'm going to be late. You're going to be just as late anyway. <laughs> it's not going to change a thing. You look at that and you realize I'm okay. I'm okay. It doesn't do any good to show up neurotic. Okay? So you let go. And as you let go, you'll notice amazing thing. That energy that was all weird because you didn't touch it, mm. it, it changed. It was able to come up, all right? Or you start using affirmation, right? You sit there and say, Oh, come on. This is probably a, a, an older person like my grandmother, my grandfather, right? right? You do. And, yes, and, yes. And I have to get reasons. That's right. They get to drive and I should not be talking at them or bothering them or even sending them bad vibes. Maybe they should not be driving any faster. Well, and 
the point is, it's the latter part of their life, and at least they get to go some places and go shopping. <laughs> and it means a lot more to them than this neurosis means to me. And you feel like you're giving something instead mm -hmm. of demanding and taking. You can change yourself. It's not about suppressing. It's not mm -hmm. about denying. It's about yeah. raising. You raise yeah. yourself. Pausing almost feels like it generates compassion a little bit. What you'll find out is you back there are the most beautiful thing in the whole universe. You are filled with love. You're filled with compassion. You're filled with inspiration. You're filled with like, well, Shakti energy, just spirit, energy, call it whatever you want. Filled with it all the time. But you're busy looking down at this garbage. And so you learn to raise yourself. The other example that I like to use, because I'm very much into being broad and seeing the whole universe instead of just your little tiny world, right? Yeah. Is let's say it's hot out. Nowadays, we have global warming. We're hot. Okay. It's very hot out. You're standing there and you have to go from one place to another and you're actually outside with no air conditioning. Isn't that terrible? And as you're walking, you're complaining. Oh my God, it's so freaking hot and I'm sweating. I don't want to sweat. I don't like this sort of thing. And I, oh, it's have to be so hot. What's wrong with these people? Blah, blah. Okay. Well, yeah. that doesn't help anything. It doesn't make you cooler. It doesn't do a single thing. It's the same thing like the car. Well, what if you sat there? I know I, I trained Mickey this. I trained Michael this way. All right. As I sit there and I look and I say, how did it get hot? Shh, be quiet. How did it get hot? What do you mean? Why is it hot? Well, because there's a sun out there. You mean there's a star 93 million miles away and you're, it's hot. It's so hot that you feel this heat here. I'm in Gainesville, Florida. Miami is about 300 miles away. I asked them, how big would a fire have to be in Miami for you to feel it in Gainesville? If the whole town caught fire, you would not even know what happened. That thing's 93 million, hear that, Donica? It's 93 million miles away, and you can feel the star shine. Okay, oh, wow. you can feel, it's that neat, and miracle. all of a sudden you say, like that's neat, that's yeah. neat, I can feel a star. The stars are neat things, right? And you start working with yourself that way, and it works. You wow. raise yourself. And you get curious, you know, almost. What? Get curious. Use the higher part of your mind. Yes. Your intellect to raise above this ah, garbage. Ah, work with the mind, work with the ego, raise work with it. the raise mind. Raise it. So one thing that I have thought many times that I'm curious about your opinion on or perspective is whether or not anyone's actually really wrong. No, what we are the sum, our minds, our egos, our preferences are the sum of our learned experiences. Okay. And every single person has had different experiences. Yes. One of the things I try to teach people is, okay, at a given moment, you're having an experience, right? Yeah. Here, we're having an experience. Okay. Yeah. And, and before you had an experience. So there's that experience at that moment. How many experiences are you missing? How many no, experiences? So oh, 700 billion zillion quillion every single moment. Yes. Right. Somebody else is being programmed with those experiences. You're being programmed with this experience. Then the next moment is another experience. No, no one ever has ever had the same experiences as you. Isn't that neat? Think about that. No one has ever had it and no one ever will. You're the most unique thing in the universe. And so is everybody else. But since we're the sum of our learned experiences, or at least our psyche is, we're not. The consciousness is not. We are watching the sum of our learned experiences. The observer watches, right? So that's where I take it. Pick a, pick a bone with Skinner, right? It's not that man is the sum of learning experiences, man is the consciousness, the awareness of being, but the psyche they look at, which is what he was talking about, is the sum of your learned experiences. So right. everybody's a sum of learned experiences and everybody had different experiences. So you're absolutely right. How can they be wrong? 
you think you're right. You think you're right. You say, don't dare do that. I can't believe you did that. That was so wrong, right? Because based on your experiences, that's out of the question. On somebody else's experience, they don't know what you're talking about. That's why this whole politics stuff is so stupid, all right? It's it's like they don't understand. They're just expressing the sum of learned experiences. And if you had a different experience, one different experience, you would have a different opinion. Right. In the heart of Napa Valley lays Somnium, which means to dream in Latin. The Somnium Vineyard Estate is an extension of the love and intensity that I pour into everything I do. To experience our wines, visit SomniumWine.com and use the code SOMNIUM to receive a $10 flat shipping rate. Please drink responsibly. Right or wrong. Right. I tell, I tell a story. I went around a time. It's a very powerful story. I tell a story that there's two kids, seven and eight years old, in the back of the station wagon, and the parents are driving to go on a vacation. And they're playing, you know, I spy, that kind of a game back there, playing around. And so the sister, who's a year older, says, I spy an oak tree to the right. And the little boy turns around, and at that exact moment, there was a terrible accident with body parts and blood, and, and he's traumatized for life. Okay, they they can't even bring him back and never get into a car. He can't do anything. Could that happen? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. What if she had said, oh, look over here. His whole life's changed. Mm -hmm. I don't accept that. That's that's ridiculous. That's not fair. That's out of the question. You understand that? That your entire life was based on one random moment. Yeah. You look somewhere or some. Okay, And so Mm -hmm. but that is how it is. We're programmed with this stuff. And so anyone that has gone through the, their lifetime experiences, they think they're right. They th- this is How can they think otherwise? You understand that? They're programmed yeah. with that. Yeah. Okay. So all, yeah. I don't want to talk about any sensitive political object, <coughs> subjects, but any subject you take where there's two sides, yeah. it's because somebody had enough experiences yeah. <coughs> on this side to where they say, I know what I'm talking about. I had a sister who went through that. Right. This person, well, I had a sister and she, okay. And if you had yeah. different experiences, it takes real humility to admit that. Mm. If you had different experiences, you would see it differently. Yeah. So, yes, you're right that from a personal point of view, everybody thinks they're right and yeah. nobody's right. Right. Because they just yeah. have these, I, I, you know, what I call those experiences Signif- mm. statistically insignificant. All right. And it was the fact that you picked up one point out of the billions that exist at that moment, and that's all you're ever getting, that is what we call statistically insignificant data. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a wise person, Lao Tzu, Trigger Lao Tzu, mm-hmm. he said, very wise being, he said, a wise man never argues for what purpose. It's not that they don't try to raise the world, but you're not fighting with it because you understand with compassion, I understand how you see it that way. I don't see it that way. But I understand how you see it that way because you had different experiences. Now, how can we get along? If everyone was that humble and everyone was that open and they respected, that's called respect, right? And we, we could find a way to do much better than we're doing, couldn't we? Mm, for sure. Why is it so hard to see ourselves? Because in those, in that example of some, somebody doing something and them being wrong, it's hard to see that we've been programmed a certain way. Why is there this sort of conundrum where, or this challenge of being a human where we 
really can't see ourselves. The saying, you know, we don't see things as they are, we see things as we are, but yet we can't see ourselves. We we don't understand in that interaction when somebody does something, like they drive slow on the road, it's because I am crazy and neurotic about driving fast. Like, why can't I see that? Instead, why do I see them as the problem? This to me is like one of the sort of big challenges and mysteries of being a human is this inability to really have that self-reflection. You are distracted by that which is the loudest, whatever it is. If there's a big noise outside, and we're having a conversation, you're not paying attention to me anymore. You're paying attention Mm -hmm. to the noise. If you drop a hammer on your toe, (laughs) right? You're not paying attention to the rest of your body. Silly. I don't know why I put your attention there. It's part that hurts the most, but that's what you do, okay? You have thoughts that are more powerful because they're charged. You had experience in the past. You had a divorce 20 years ago, and all of a sudden you hear the person's name. It's not the same person, but you hear the name. Uh All of a sudden you're lost. So you get distracted by that which is most pulling on your consciousness. It distracts your consciousness. That's your answer. And that's why people can't come back here, right? Because they get pulled back down into the heartache, into the heart love. They're the same, right? I'm madly in love with somebody. I can't stand them. Okay. In other words, (laughs) your heart has changed and you got sucked into it. So is you said the charge and I want to talk about energy chakras because you say you come back down or you need to go up to transcend beyond something um, uh, that an event happens and they get stored that's right. lower. So essentially you come out of your higher chakras and you come down into this primitive lower chakras in the first, second, third. And that's where you get stuck. And so it's stuck energy. Am I Am I gathering information right? You, you will love my new book. This is, this is exactly <laughs> what my new book talks about. Okay. Why do you think I love this book? Okay. So, it's so, good. so ba- basically, the, the new book literally says, what is mind and how did it get the way it is? All right. And it starts with the Zen concept of empty mind. There's okay. nothing in there. Yep. It's like a nothing. computer that's so powerful, but there's no software. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's stupid right? It's just not right now doing anything. It's not creating thoughts, all right? Then what happens, the world comes in through your senses, because that's what it does, right? And it builds patterns in your mind, Yeah. right? That's what's happening. You're seeing it inside, all right? Well, if those patterns are normal, a tree, a car, or this or that, they just go right through. Yeah. I always tell my people, you're already 99% enlightened. 99% of every single thing that comes into your senses makes it right through. Yeah. I mean, sure. I mean, I love the analogy in the book that you use about the, I think it's maybe a blue car. I think it's a blue car. And if you see a blue car go down the road, it means nothing to someone. But if your ex-boyfriend had a blue car and you see the blue car, all of a sudden, bam, that blue car means something. That's right. How many cars do you see go by that mean nothing? That's right. That's 99%. Leaves, leaves, grass, everything makes it through. Doesn't mean you don't experience it. You just experience it. Right. Right. Yeah. Which is good news. But then what happens is something comes in like a rattlesnake and it's scary. Yeah. It is naturally scary. I've, I've yeah. seen coiled rattlesnakes. I live in the woods around the country. All right. And they are scary. All right. Yeah. And you're going to get this, this vibration like that. It's not comfortable. Yeah. Okay, fine. But then it crawled away. Does that discomfort crawl away? No, because you won't let it pass through. Mm. You use those hands in there saying, no, I don't want to have this experience. I don't yeah. like that I had the experience. 
trouble is you did have the experience. Yeah, <laughs> you right. The experience not happening. And programming has I, told you rattlesnakes are dangerous. I can even even if I didn't ever have that programming, it sends off vibes that are meant to scare you. Oh, the nature of a rattlesnake is get away Got from it. me. Okay, Got it. and so yes. it comes in, but when it crawls away, it could pass through. Doesn't mean yeah. I didn't learn, but it passed through. But no, I was so uncomfortable that I don't want to have had the experience. Pay attention to that, right? I literally yeah. don't want to have had it. So yeah. it happened outside, but I don't have to let it pass all the way inside. I can suppress it. There's Freud. Mm -hmm. I can push away the event inside, right. and then it goes down to your subconscious, and then it bees the way you talked earlier, that we have all this stuff stored in there. Have we not made a collection of every bad experience we ever had? Yeah, for sure okay. we have. If, if you make a collection of everything that ever disturbed you, you're going to be disturbed. <laughs> and we're so silly. We're supposed to I mean, be a it's high simple creature. and yet so hard. Uh, it's so ridiculous. All right. So we do that and we it's, a, it's almost instinctual. Like if I throw a, a ball at you, you throw your hands up. That's what we do inside. We use those inner hands. No, no, I don't yeah. want to have this. And we push it away. Right. And only because you're being so high, I'll give you the other side. You meet somebody and they're beautiful. You see a butterfly comes and lands on your arm, as I use in the book. Well, that's a mm. nice experience. Let's mm. push that one away, do we? Mm. But when the I can't wait for that flies, day. I dream about that when I'm hiking. I'm like, just land on me. When the butterfly flies away, we don't like that. We want it to stay there. Mm. So we can't cling to the butterfly because it flew away. But we can cling to the experience. Mm. We can keep the experience inside. So that then we miss every other experience because we're busy thinking about the butterfly and busy wanting the butterfly to happen. You understand that? These mm -hmm. are called positive and negative samskaras. So you mm -hmm. push away the negative ones, you cling to the positive ones, mm -hmm. and you now that's where your personality came from. Mm -hmm. You stored this these events, but not, not all events. You only stored the powerful ones. You understand that? That's what we said. Mm -hmm. The powerful, whether they're good or bad. That's exactly right. They just reach a threshold and they are now programmed. And you, and you store them. And yep. now your entire personality yep. is built around that. You yep. sit there and say, where do I want to live where there's no rattlesnakes? Where, where, How can I see the butterfly again? And right. you know, those are your likes and dislikes. And you're like, mm -hmm. people, I, you meet a person, that you love them to pieces until you finally collect rattlesnakes. Ah! <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. So is Every, it equally dangerous to value both of them and store both I, of them? I, I, I I don't, people aren't ready to talk at this absolute level of of non-duality and transcendence. So I only threw that in because you've been asking such high questions, right? Because it, it does mess you up, okay? If you go into a restaurant and you have a beautiful experience, the music is perfect, the, the menu's perfect, the people are sitting the distance away is just right, right number of people in there, right? And you say, I want to go back. I want to go back to Long's where the restaurant was, right? You are going to be disappointed. That's exactly right. That's what I was thinking of. I was thinking about having an experience that you loved, going on a trip that you loved. And then, and I've done this before where you try and recreate it because you're like, this was amazing. And in, and and exactly what you said happens. You're, I would say, always disappointed. You uh, uh, will always be. And if you bring friends with you, wait till you see this, right? Then you're embarrassed. And yes, it, became a bad it became a bad experience. It became a yes. negative experience, right? Yes. So the answer, the answer is, 
I, people always ask me, do, can I really not enjoy positive experiences? I said, you've got so many negative ones. Just work on that. Don't worry about the rest. We'll go. That That's graduate school. <laughs> <laughs> the positives are nothing at this point in time. I, I wish that was your problem, okay? That you have too many positive thoughts in there. But why do you have all these negative? Why, why naturally? People say to me, I practice positive thinking. I'm terrible. You know what I would say to that person? Why? And I teach positive thinking. But why do why do you practice positive thinking? Well, because if I don't, what happens if you don't? It's negative. Why? Yeah. Why? Why is it that way? This book gets into that. The whole foundation wow. of what you built in there is wow. trying to release all the time. Just like wow. it comes up in your dreams, it comes up all day. And you and all you remember all this stuff that bothers you, and everything stimulates your stuff. Yeah. Okay. And that's why it's the way it is in there. So what's the answer? Get that stuff out. And you said that earlier. I was very proud of you, right? That you got the stuff in there. You store all the stuff in there. Then it becomes, how do you do that? Because if you get that stuff out, you're filled with love all the time. There's an underlying energy that is your natural being. When things happen that you like, you open and you feel that natural energy. Okay. And you can have that all the time if you just get rid of all this garbage that's in there. And, it, you know, because what Freud said, it, it's, it's funny that it is that what you stored in there became your psychology. That's the psychology you founded on is that you stored all this garbage in there. Mm -hmm. And so now it's coming back up and you have to learn to cope. Mm -hmm. Well, spirituality doesn't say you need to learn to cope. It says get it out. But, but, but I can't. That's like a drug addict saying I can't stop doing drugs. It's difficult, but people have gone through withdrawal, mm -hmm. haven't yeah. they? So it is not true that you can't. You have to want to enough and you have to be guided and work with different tools, but right. you can get your life back just because you got cooked up on heroin or something, right? You can go through the withdrawal. This is a form of withdrawal. It's withdrawal from, from the garbage that I wasn't able to handle when I was five. My parents got divorced. I couldn't handle it. Now I don't ever want to get married. I don't want to do that to my kids. I'm never going to have kids because mm -hmm. I got hurt. People do that. Oh, they they all, yeah, all like you said, why don't they step back? Because it's so powerful. It yeah. captures their consciousness. How's this? They aren't able to step back for the same reason that a drug addict keeps trying to have drugs. Because the pull is so strong. You understand that? The pull yep. of the fear, the full of the anxiety. <clears throat> so you learn to little by little, like practicing piano. First time you sit down at the piano, you can't play well. Don't try to play Beethoven right away or you'll get up and you'll be disappointed. You do these things called scales or tennis or any any sport. You mm -hmm. start from the beginning. Yeah, that's what you do here. Don't mm -hmm. try to get rid of the divorced husband that you had all these mm -hmm. fights with. Don't do that. Don't touch that. Right. Mm -hmm. Deal mm -hmm. with the heat. Deal with mm -hmm. the car in front of you. Deal with these little low hanging fruits that you do bother yourself about. Yeah. You don't realize that you can like playing the scales. You can develop the the ability to let go. It, you develop it. There's somebody can't say to me, I'm not the kind of person that can let go. So I suffer. Well, you can learn. You learn. And you yeah. It's, and it's the start with the small you, stuff. Start with right. the small stuff. You start with the small stuff. And then you build muscle. You yeah, build yeah, inner, yeah. not not muscle to suppress. Right. Muscle. You know, tell me, let's say your heart hurts and somebody hurts you, mm -hmm. but you're a, you're a very strong lady. You're a very strong person, right? Uh, I'm not going to put up with that. Push it away. Right? Push it away. I can deal with this or push it away. It takes more strength to let it go. It takes a stronger person yeah. to handle the pain. Oh, yeah. And the disturbance oh. and breathe and say, okay, before I say one word, I'm letting this go. 
because I don't want to be like this. That, then I can deal with it. That's more strength, isn't it? That's a stronger person. It makes right? me feel the word vulnerability and that, you know, w- releasing something, carrying through the emotion, letting it flow through you somatically, verbally, whatever, um, energetically is a, str- a sign of, of strength as opposed to weakness. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing how much it takes for you. If your heart hurts because somebody disappointed you, all right, to rationalize it, <clears throat> forgive them, do whatever I can do to not have to deal with that pain is very different than saying, I want to be able to handle this. Then I'll deal with the situation. It's not that I will deal with the situation, but I don't want to deal with the situation because I can't handle it. You understand mm-hmm. that? And mm-hmm. people say that I can't handle this. They can't handle it, right? They fail. They, they make a mess, right? You're always better off saying, I can handle this. Oh, that's a great mantra. I that that's the mantra I told Oprah when we had a talk. Oh, really? Right? I can handle this. She, I, I don't give it. mantras. I'm not a guru or anything, right? But basically, that's a very high mantra. If you had that going on all the time, I can handle this. I can yeah. handle this. Yeah. I can handle this. He forgot the anniversary. I can handle that. We've been married five years. I'll deal with it, but I'm not going to deal with it as hurt. As insulted as he doesn't love me. No, that's not being able to handle a moment right. in life. Right. I can handle it. And so, what do you do? You learn it's always about relaxing. It's like yoga, it's about relaxing. You relax into it. You relax. You don't get into it. You relax behind it. Keep your hands mm-hmm. to yourself mm-hmm. and let it work its way through. But it mm-hmm. hurts more. Of course, it does. Mm-hmm. It's coming closer to you. Mm-hmm. You understand that? The, the mm-hmm. whole event, the whole energy mm-hmm. comes more up in your heart. It's your tough to get through that's your right. throat. It's that, tough to right. rationalize. Let that, it go. That's right. And you let it go. And once you can do that with the little stuff, you'll find that you can do it with the medium stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it wouldn't even, the medium stuff will look like little stuff. Just like when you start playing the scales, you can play twinkle, twinkle, and then you can play Beethoven, right? As you practice and practice, that goes for, listen, you're a driver, you're, you're an athlete. Athletes have to practice. You practice raising yourself. You practice letting go. You practice saying, I don't want this stuff in here. Mm-hmm. You're, you're a beautiful, successful person, right? You don't want that stuff in there. Yeah. You understand that? Yeah. You don't want it in there. I don't no, care what it is. No matter how much justifiable it is. Right? I don't care you're going to get a blog and everyone will agree with you. Oh, if that happened to me, I, no, no, no. Those are not your friends. You understand that? They're right. feeding your weaknesses. And so you basically work with yourself, you keep letting go, and you're going to get stronger and stronger. But that that kind of strength, the strength to stay centered all the time. And then eventually you'll get to a point where some big stuff will come up. And, mm-hmm. and I want to see your eyes when what you say about the big stuff is, come on up, come on up. You're welcome in here. I don't want that down there. I will go through anything. And yeah. that's when you start to get high. That's yeah. when you start to reach those points they talk about energy just pouring through you. You're just get intoxicated mm-hmm. all the time for no yeah. reason. You're ecstatic. ecstatic. You're ecstatic. Well, when you say I can handle this, then it allows you that pause. Then That's it allows right. you to get into a place of compassion where you get curious and think, how could this be? And you realize nobody's ever wrong. They're just That's doing right. the best from their level of consciousness and experience. But you what really happens don't. in life or what feels like happens is that I've heard this saying, new level, new devil. As you continue on your journey, yes. you get a new level. Very good. 
So do those levels ever end? And by levels for those that are confused and following along is that you heal some aspect of yourself or you reconcile it or you will learn to get past it. But then you dive deeper and you go along your life. You might be doing just fine. And then all of a sudden, boom, you find yourself caught up again. You find yourself triggered. You find yourself depressed. You find yourself anxious. You find yourself caught again. And you're not necessarily dealing with the old problems. You're dealing with new ones, but new level of that problem or or others. So is that your is that part also of being human? Is this continuous excavation and getting to like, do we get there? The ultimate question is what do we get to and what are their thoughts around this new level, new devil and this continuing process of growing? Why, why keep in the work? Right. So the new book is really, it's uncanny just how ready you are for the new book. Cause you just keep <laughs> teaching it. All right. Is your, your natural state is ecstatic. Your natural state in yeah. in the uh, yogic tradition, right? We have something called Satchitananda. Have you ever heard that? Satchitananda, yeah. eternal yeah. mm-hmm. conscious ecstasy. Mm-hmm. That's your natural state. Okay. Why am I not experiencing that? Because I've put all this stuff on here. If it's beautiful out, but I close the blinds, why is it dark in here? Sure. Hello. <laughs> you close the blinds, <laughs> right? So you shove all this stuff that we've been talking about, all that suppressed stuff, that resisted stuff on top of your beauty, on top of your pure energy, right? Mm-hmm. So as you thin it out, I'll make a statement. It's always trying to push up. The energy is always, it will never stop. It's, it's okay. natural state is to flow up, but you got stuff in the way. Okay. So it's try, like I, I use the example, the Hoover Dam. It's a very big thing blocking the Colorado River. Do you know the Colorado River never stopped trying to get past that dam and it never will stop? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's yeah. why they have to keep fixing it. It was always trying to do its natural flow. That's uh-huh. what this is like inside the spirit flow, the Shakti flow. All right. It's always trying to flow up yeah. and it'll push your stuff up. So when you say, you know, different layers come up later, right? Yeah. You can't handle the deep layers. So it'll push up, it'll push up what you can start to handle, but then you push it back down. You do it all the time. Push it back down, right? right. No, I, uh, I'm not all right. I'll be all right two days from now. Just leave me alone, right? Yeah. Push it back down, right? Instead, yeah. you start saying, okay, I'm going to learn how to handle this stuff. Then the next stuff comes up. Why? Because it's like a stack, a computer stack, all right? Yeah. It, it, it just comes up and then the next stuff comes up because that's what's there. And then eventually really big stuff gets pushed up. That's a blessing. Mm-hmm. As a blessing, that's working with this stuff is the purpose of your life. It's the meaning of your life. Now, you asked me, which I will not normally talk about, but you asked, is, okay, where does it end? Is there an end? Okay. Well, certainly I ain't there. Okay. <laughs> right. But there are great masters, real great masters that have existed on this plane that have taught us what it means to reach the ultimate, all right? So you work your way up, you're going through, you talk about chakras, I don't talk about those, but yes, you're working your way through the chakras and you're cleansing, right? Each one of those centers is a transformer uh-huh. that when you when the energy can make it past the first, it has more power. And yeah. then it can push through the second, then it can push through the third, then it can push through the fourth. And when you can handle your heart, which is really important, yes. you can handle, I, I, you know, you talk about compassion. So you're in a relationship with somebody, they're hard for people, for these humans. I don't, you know, you're not human. You're not human. You have a human that you deal with. You understand that? 
but your spirit, you know, you're a very high being and you're in a relationship and something happens that hurts your heart, you generally leave the relationship or at least it hurts the relationship tremendously and it's hard to ever get it back at that level because you hold that in there. You basically suppressed it. They will reach a state where you sit there and say what you've been saying, which is that person is different than me. Who? How do I know what they meant by what they said? Their father used to talk to them like that. It didn't mean anything, but if no one ever talked to me like that in my life. Well, that's your problem, not theirs. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you start taking it that way to mm-hmm. realize my job is to let go of me so that everything fits inside of me. And you keep letting go and letting go. And pretty soon it doesn't stop flowing. Then it goes higher up and higher up. And then what happens is, again, I know what I'm talking about. Just, the energy is so strong. That flow is so strong inside and it's intoxicating. It's just beautiful. You can still work out here, but how you work out here by expressing that in your work, right? So you're driving the car and you're just focused and you're there or you're doing work in an office. I don't care if you're an assembly line. You're just putting your whole heart and soul into what you're doing. You're expressing the beauty of your being. You hear me? Ultimately, when you go to work, you should not care about getting paid. If you're really high and you really got there, you can't believe they're giving you money for you to go and express the beauty of your being, right? In whatever you're doing, that's yeah. a high being. And you keep letting go. And eventually the energy is so beautiful that it starts to pull you into it. It starts to take that which you see as you. And you start saying, what am I doing? This energy is so beautiful. Nothing, Ramdas once said, you get to the point where nothing can, can come in from the outside that is as beautiful as what's already going on inside. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's this energy flow. And it's going on, and so you start getting pulled back into it. And you yeah. start realizing, oh, my God, can I let go? What would it be if I let if I let go of me? There's someone you know real well who's talked about that. He mm-hmm. said you must die to be reborn. Mm-hmm. That's the real dying, right? Mm-hmm. You're willing of to the ego go. or of the dying of what? Uh, you're dying of the ego. You're dying of what you yeah. thought you needed, Stories. what you want, your preferences. Because this, this, this love, this beauty, this spirit that's flowing is so strong. You, you just, you're being called into it. You want to drop into it. Yeah. And so now you get to where the great, the great masters, all right, said, if you were to let go, there's a great being, great, great master called Mayor Baba. Have you ever heard of him? But Mayor Baba said, the first time he went into that state. It was like his consciousness had been a drop of water looking down at himself, right? He let go and the drop Mm. fell into the ocean. If the drop of water falls into the ocean, find it. You can't, all right? It merged. And that the word yoga means union. Uh, Merging with the higher self and the... Merging merging with God, merging with call it what you want, right? Merging with the infinite, merging with, you know... And, and now you're talking really high stuff. You know, that's, yeah. that's enlightenment. That's true enlightenment. That's someone Buddha reached that state. Christ is in that state. You know, it's just basically you're you're not, you gave up on your individual self. And then you bring down all that beauty and all that light. But mm. you can still be in the world. Right? So you're still interacting and so on. But just boy, being energy and being essentially a light conduit of sorts. Yeah. Um I think about I think about things kind of in a bit of a practical, rational sense, but I think about our chakras and I think about the dimensions and I think about evolving. And I think that as we transition from this third, fourth into fifth density, 
that we're coming from these lower chakras. We need to open our heart to go up. And then I also think about the stories about these um, very spiritual beings that um, achieve what's called the rainbow body. Mm-hmm. And I think about all the colors and how the colors and the sounds and the chakras and the dimensions like all overlap. Yes, and so is that essentially the final potential destination is that you, from what I understand, the rainbow body is when you essentially evaporate from this body as a human being and you, there's, there's less left of you even, and you kind of do it in this other state of being consciously and awake. You're awake essentially, but you, you become less actual physical being that you are and you transcend and that's your passing. Does any of that make sense? Does that any of that spark any thoughts or? I am a very grounded spiritual person. <laughs> Not all spiritual beings are as grounded. I'm, I'm very grounded. I, I like mm-hmm. science, right? I, I, I all, all of it, right? So I don't get very heavy into the mystical stuff, okay? I know it's true. So the mm-hmm. way I would look at what you said is you have an aura. Okay. And you feel people's energy. You get around them. If, if they've yeah. been fighting, they can look yeah. at it. They want. You feel it. Right. So that is a, uh, what we we'll call your astral or aura body. Right? It's just your energy body. It emanates from you based upon what your energy is doing inside. Mm-hmm. Energy em- radiates. Mm-hmm. It radiates. And a lot of people's auras are very dark because that's what they have going on in their heart. That's what they have going mm-hmm. on inside. And mm-hmm. some of them are very, very open. All right. And then as you let go of yourself inside, we've been talking about that. As you let go of the garbage inside and the and the energy, the light starts to flow inside, your aura gets wider and wider and larger mm-hmm. and more beautiful. Mm-hmm. It, it gets more, the colors are emanating. They don't have dark reds, which is anger. They don't have greens, which is jealousy. Right? You've let go of a lot of this stuff. And so your energy body that you're emanating and what you just called the rainbow, I, I never heard that term, but I can mm-hmm. relate to it. I understand, all right? Then basically when there's nothing in there personal okay all that's flowing in there is spirit all that's flowing in there is shakti right yeah it emanates i've i've seen somebody paint a picture of what a psychic is right and there's just yeah. radiations of all the beautiful colors so big coming up i have been in the presence i don't talk about it but i've been in the presence of a very very high being numerous times but i've been in the presence of a being that in a large room where there's thousand people, okay, and come in the back of that room, I could not walk toward that person. The the magnetic field of what was emanating from that being was that large. And as I walked closer and closer to them, it was just ecstatic. It was just, doesn't always happen. Right? I was open enough at that time, but yeah. that's what you mean by the rainbow body, mm. right? That a, a very high being is emanating that light, emanating that 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 stuff. And it doesn't, their physical body can still be there. They don't have to leave the body. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be death, right? It's just mm-hmm. they, they died in, in, the, in the Christian sense, right? You died to be reborn. You let go of yourself, your personal self, in order to, to merge into your spiritual self. Mm-hmm. All the traditions are the same. I don't like to get into religion and stuff because it just becomes dogma. Right, just because yeah. all the rules and stuff and like divisive. that, right? And, yeah, but 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 the high beings, right? They're high beings. Think France was a high being, Christ was as high as they come. Buddha was phenomenal, but what they did with it, I don't want to discuss. All right, but it's good to yeah. understand that you're capable of all that. You're capable and of evolving to that point, and that is what we started talking about. You asked me, yeah. 
are we evolving? You're mm -hmm. evolving. And how high can we get? Merge uh, the whole universe. You are, you are the greatest thing that walks the face of the earth. What does the next reality look like for us as humans when we evolve to the next level? It's what it's supposed to be. It's like, all right, basically, don't even go to that level. Just come to a level where people woke up enough to realize what you, where you are, which is just what you said, right? That we're all different. And of course, it looks like there's right and wrong because we're all programmed differently. Let's mm -hmm. get above that. And they can't. They're saying that they're completely caught in their egos, the eye, all right? But if we just raise above that, even just above that, we can sit down at the table together and say, I understand how you see it the way you do. I understand. I understand you. I, I always talked about guns. So we take that one. It's neutral enough. I understand that you grew up in a culture and they have guns and they're hunting and they have all this and it means a lot to you, right? And they say to you, I understand that people are being killed and that this is a difficult situation. What a way to sit down and start a damn conversation. Yeah. Right. Okay? Well, what would dissolve if we get to that point where we can get above that? What institutions and patterns and realities that we live in now what what do you see dissolving in that space well let me ask you this right now people are not okay they're not mm -hmm. okay they're suffering inside right because yeah. all that stuff right mm -hmm. okay so they're trying to do things outside that will make them feel better and that in, well, i did third years of prison work in max security prison i used to go into wow. stuff <laughs> they've robbed they've killed They've hurt. They've done things. Why? Because they're not okay. If you are filled with love and beauty inside, you do not rob because you don't need anything. You do not kill because nothing bothers you enough to do such a thing. Imagine if we raised human, human consciousness up to that level. We wouldn't need all the laws. We wouldn't right. need all the structures naturally. But we do now, right? right? I mean, I, I you wouldn't even I, need I, money because you just give what you could. It's like you don't need anything. You're yeah. whole within yourself. The basic yeah. needs, sure. So you want to share. It's your natural way of being. And you don't even feel like, you know, at some point, you don't even think you're giving because it has no meaning to you. You understand? If you're full and you have tons of food and someone's starving, it doesn't hurt you. It means nothing. Just give them something. But you don't think you're giving. You say, here, take something. Mm. Right? So that all the mm. concepts change. Everything changes as, as, as evolution takes place. But... How do you, how does one do that? And my experience is all you can be responsible for is yourself. Your starting position is, right? You have to evolve with the different situations that are presented to you. And my experience is if you do that, the rest will happen. The people around you will be raised naturally. Understand mm -hmm. that. Like if you bring anger into a situation, imagine a household where everyone's always fighting. If all of a sudden somebody's not and somebody's bringing understanding and love, that's all they have to do. It will change things, right? But you you can't sit there and say, I won't change it until everybody else does. You know, mm -hmm. I'm going to protect myself. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. That's the nothing, chicken nothing and the egg. Right. So that you're asking, you like, this is surprising. You're asking such big things, all right? It's like, can it be better? Of course it can be better. But it requires that everybody work on themselves because while they're not working on themselves, they're working on everybody else. <laughs> they're just trying to manipulate. There's this interesting dynamic where I feel like there's there's so many teachers and 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 people that or activists um 
promoters, lobbyers, all these things. And they're trying to get people to do things or to think a certain way. And it's always an inside job. It's like a, you know, I have like, imagine a parent that has a child who has an addiction. You can't make them stop. They have to want to stop. So really this conversation, any other one that I have or any of the work, it's like, all you can do is try and inspire somebody to do the inside job. That's the only way it works. So counterintuitively, it's almost like you want to go out into the world and help, but it's really actually when you fix your world, that that's what we all have to do. But it's like, there's a level of surrender in that. I feel like. That's the, that's why other book that you didn't read which yep. really would blow you away i have it i have it you have the surrender experiment i do have okay. the surrender you're experiment touch with me when you when you finish reading that because it changed all the way through and you're going to get a lot from that so the answer is you are completely right that's all you can do right is do the best that you can do on you right. all right otherwise you're keeping yourself upset because other people are not working on themselves you mm. can't do that that's not what it's about and as you raise yourself, that's my experience. That's just my experience. As you raise yourself, it's amazing what ends up happening, right? I mean, 3 million people, over 3, almost 4 million people have read The Surrender, the surrender uh, excuse me, The Untitled Soul, right? Yeah. I had no intention. I never thought of it or anything like that. I just wrote down what I wanted, had something to say. I wrote it down, right? It's been published in 34 languages and all this. And I just sit there saying, how did that happen? Because there's an emanation of light, an emanation of, of hope, an emanation of inspiration that comes from someone who, who's doing that work, you know, that is working on themselves and sees that there's something higher in there. I don't go out. I, I, I rarely do podcasts. I say no to almost every podcast I get invited to. Oh All right. You, you don't know that, right? I, I, I get invited to three podcasts a day. And we say no to every one of them. I didn't say no to Oprah. But <laughs> right, right, right. Or uh, Tony Robbins and Tony Sage. Robbins. I saw that one. Why did you say yes? The same reason I said yes to you. All right. Because there's a connection. And I, I, I've i known you by, because of your GoDaddy ads and all that kind of stuff. Right. And I see your strength. All right. And I just, it's just be fascinating to connect. Right. And that's how Tony and I got together. He, he flew up here once. I didn't even know him. He just flew up here, took a private plane, flew up here, spent five hours, four or five hours with me. Right. And we became close friends. So, but we never talked to each other. <laughs> I, I'm a bit of a hermit. I, I say, but I am too. I'm, a, I'm an introvert by nature, other than deep conversations, um, which make me feel high. Like this one, we get done, I'm going to be buzzing. <laughs> what um maybe you could maybe you could just uh give us a little a little anecdotal experiential story about what you've found with the people that draw you in have you found a common thread between them that would help others yeah what i find is which is really amazing and somehow those are the people i end up with okay <laughs> like russell brand like yeah. people don't know russell brand they think he's a crazy maniac all right and he is all right he's really <laughs> Well, he is, and he likes being it. He's he, he was seen as a compliment, by the way, right? He's deep. He's yeah. deep as they come, okay. Mm-hmm. And and so is Tony. And people don't know that, right? I mean, Tony's a big business power, walk on fire, push through your stuff, right? But Tony's very deep, and Sage is really deep, okay. And and basically, I I had an interview with Mayim Mayim Bialik. She starred in some TV shows, The Big Bang, and a couple of different things okay. like that. And while she was an actress in those shows, she went, I think it was to UCLA 
and got her doctorate in neuroscience. Mm. She's deep. She's willing to be open. Not all successful people are. They're caught up in themselves. I'm sure you know that, right? Mm. And they, they're, caught, they're caught up in themselves. Their money makes them that way. Their looks make them that way. Their popularity makes them that way. Yeah, the fact that everybody wants to dote all over them, right? But then someone like you, right? it's like you're obviously work on yourself. And you're and Oprah, Oprah, for as popular as Oprah is, I, I am just blown away by Oprah. She's really, really, really deep. That's a very, very special person. And that's why she's so popular. And that need it's not that she's so popular and so then she can attract people, yeah. right? It's like she's she's an extremely deep, evolved human being, all right, or soul. And so that yeah. that's what I found with the ones I ended up talking to. All right. Well, is, and, I and, am flattered that you'd even put me in the same galaxy as them. Um, thank you. The success, the success that you achieved as an athlete, as a race car driver, as an athlete, all right means that you rose above fears and all that stuff. You know, I think about you driving two miles an hour, 220 miles an hour, turning a curve, right? With four cars, like the strength that that takes, but that's not strength of suppression. That's strength of clarity. You go into what's called a zone. Like when you're driving, you tell me, when you're driving like that, there's a, the clarity is, by the way, it's an addiction, isn't it? You love getting to that state. Right. Well, it's this, it's, 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 there's more, it's more pure and it's very, it's empty, but full, you know, yeah. there's so much happening, but you're essentially, well, it's really as close as I maybe get to having longer, having more duration of presence. You have to. So I had a, a Buddhist monk while I was on this trip on the way to go meet the Dalai Lama um, say that you, sh- that it was the, yeah, I should write a book called the speed of consciousness and that racing was my moving meditation. That's right. It, it, and, and what I'm here to tell you is you can live in that state. So you, you retired from racing, but don't retire from that state. That is your natural state. Is that unbelievable. That is yeah. your natural, that zone, right? Is clarity. That is because you had to let go of her. She can't be there. You understand that, right? She can't be there. Otherwise, it's interfering with your ability to be there. And that's what meditation brings you, or that's what surrender, the type I teach, mm-hmm. right? Letting go of yourself. All of a sudden, you realize, I'm there more. Mm-hmm. I'm in that. St- How would you like to live in that state? Wow. Yes. Well, this is it. Look, when I look at someone like Tony Robbins on stage or um, somebody doing something really great and 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 being on And even when I've watched myself, whether it be in a race and like, I thought to myself the year after I finished, I was like, I did that. I was crazy. (laughs) Like I did that. And then I also look at things like speeches I've given or presentations are being interviewed or, or just answers I've given. And when I really get in the zone and really get present, I'm like, wow, that was, that was really articulate and really like smart. (laughs) And so I look at these situations and I think, oh my gosh, you're in a you're, I would think, in a higher state of being or a higher level of yes. consciousness, yes. but more you. Yes. And you're allowing that to flow through instead of this collection of stuff and these stories and narratives getting yes. in the way of like, don't say that or act like this. You just flow. You got it. I mean, you got it. Now the question is, are you intoxicated enough with that state to say, I would give anything to live there? I would do anything. And there's beyond there, by the way. 
the great masters went all the way up, all right? But they passed through those states, all right? Isn't that beautiful that that's not the highest you're capable of being? All right. Well, and you sit, oh, no, no. And you sit there and say, that's the meaning of my life. The explore, explore something, explore the nature of. But we talked about the fact that you're there, high. Let's say you're in that state. Okay. You see that clarity. I want you to go for a moment to that absolute clarity that you have to be at 200 miles an hour when a car is spinning in front of you. All right. Mm -hmm. Where did that consciousness come from? What is the source of consciousness? Mm -hmm. All right. And that is not something you know because you're it. But yeah. you're still held down to your individuality. All right. The great mm -hmm. ones explored the source of consciousness, whereas we're busy exploring the object of consciousness. You understand that? <laughs> Very much. That that's the switch. That's when it turns over. So then what is the final destination as a human? The ancient rabbis would never write G-O-D. I don't know if you know that. They'd write G underscore D. Okay. Oh. Or G dash D. Okay. Because who do you think you are to even, what, what is a word? It's a concept of something. It's an mm -hmm. apple. Well, you don't, that's silly. You don't even have the concept, you know, you know, understanding how dare you use that word. Not that it's, it's blasphemy, right? But that's claiming that you know what it is and you okay. don't. Okay. You may believe all you want, right? But there, there's this thing called the knower of God. There's this thing where someone has explored the source of consciousness, all right? And found out that we are one. You know, it's all, it's all the same. It's all the same. Right. There's a there's a there's a book called Autobiography Autobiography of a Yogi. You ever heard yep. that? By, by Yogi Yogi Nanda. Nanda. All right. Yeah. And there's a chapter in that book called My Experience in Cosmic Consciousness. Oh. All right. Now, now instead of talking to me, don't talk to him. <laughs> Ask those <laughs> questions. All right. Because wow. All right. And that that's the merger. That that's the my father and I are one. All right. Well, maybe I'll meet you there. Yeah, I'll meet you there for sure. We're already <laughs> there. We're just busy looking at this garbage. Thank you so much for your ability to just let flow through you what's meant to flow through you as being a businessman, as an author, as a, as a speaker, as a teacher. It was because of this book that I finally started to be able to access the observer. And okay. I'm not saying I do it all the time, but it is the goal. Well, if you, I'll ask this of you, if you ever read this, I don't try to push my books on people. I don't do that. But if you ever read Living Untethered, right, yes. you get back in touch with me. Send me an email, do something, because I would love to hear you do with that, because everything you talked about said you understand what this is trying to talk about, right? That's, that's, this is beautiful. It's so funny because whenever I'm preparing for interviews, sometimes I reach this point where I'm like, not sure. I'm like, what do I ask? And like it, it inevitably leads me right where I need to be, which was asking apparently these questions that lie within this book and that will direct people hopefully to reading this book. And um, so it just shows me of being present and staying staying conscious to the flow and uh, and and trusting, trusting, surrendering and letting go and saying, this is obviously what I should be asking 
Um, and it's going to lead us in the perfect direction. So I will definitely read that. I will definitely get back to you. Okay. Thank you, Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to talk to you. you really. Thank <laughs> you. I mean, just so grateful you said yes to the interview. Honestly, I was, when Jen told me that you said yes, I was like, oh my God. Thanks everybody for listening to the Pretty Intense podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you heard today and you want to hear more, please click on the subscribe button.